Amen. You may be seated this morning. Why don't you take your Bible and I get to preach this morning. You know, usually I'm, I'm not in here on Sunday morning. This is kind of strange. It might not be strange to you, but it's strange to me to be looking at you on Sunday morning. Usually I see you in the hall checking your kids in and out. But I'm so glad I get to be here today. Pastor Daniel will be back. I think he returns on Wednesday. He'll be preaching again next Sunday. Make sure that you're here. But uh, today I get to share a great word with you from an unusual passage of the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And I want you to find a book that uh, is not for kids' bedtime reading. It's the book of Song of Solomon or Song of Psalms, whichever you might want to call it in your Bible there. See if you can find that. It's in the poetry section of your Bible. Song of Psalms. Song of Songs. It's kind of different in whichever, whoever decides to name it. We're going to take a look at that this morning. First, I'll tell you a little bit about that book in case you're not familiar with it. While you're turning there, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're in the military service or have been before, uh, that breakfast is for you, men and women. I think it's this coming Saturday. There's a sign-up sheet at the iDesk. Make sure you sign up. And really, if you are interested in KSM, we're going to be doing a question and answer thing over here this morning. Right after service, I'll be over on this side with my wife and we'll take time to talk story about it. But let's look at Song of Psalms, this Song of Songs this morning. We're going to read from chapter 3. As you're finding it, Song of Songs is a poem. It's poetry. Now, it's been interpreted so uh, into our language so the lines don't rhyme like you would think a poem might rhyme, you know, kind of like if you wrote one every other line or something. So that's why it doesn't rhyme like that, if you've ever wondered. And it's like an allegory. Now, Jesus, when he wanted to convey some truth, uh, would say it kind of uh, in, a, in what you call a parable, a little story and hope they got the truth from the story. And this is kind of like that. It's an allegory. And it's written about, really, if you look at it, it's, it, you can look at it as God's love towards his people. Or an allegory of Christ and his church. Both of those kind of fit this whole book. It's not really you want to read to your kids and say, Hey kids, let's read this tonight before we go to bed. Okay? There's some... There's some uh, content that's kind of for more mature. You don't want to recommend it for your teenagers' pastime reading. You know, they're probably not going to take it the right way. Might not be something you want to recommend until they're maybe at a later date. However, it's a love story. If you've never read it, it's a love story. And it's a great picture of marriage and love. Kind of rem- Those of you that are married, hopefully it kind of brings back some of your first days of being married, kind of does on mine. And we're going to look at it today, and we're going to look at this lady today because what she does speaks profoundly to today about our relationship with God and how we approach that relationship with God. Let's take a look at Song of Songs. I'm reading from the NIV. Chapter 3, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. It says, uh, verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1, All night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him 
did not find him. Verse 3, the watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go. Let's take time and pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this word today. I thank you for this allegory that was written. Help us, O oh God, to hear what you're saying to us personally today and as a church today, as a body of believers. Help me. God, give me an anointing today to speak where your words could be heard. I thank you, God, for the privilege I have today to stand here and to declare your word. May it be heard in Jesus' name. May it be heard clearly. And I thank you, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I was a, a younger, when I was in high school, had a very challenging growing up. I made a lot of decisions that I'm not proud of, a lot of choices that I wish I could do over. Anybody have some of those? I'm thankful that today I can stand here and not have my sins counted against me. Anybody thankful you can have your sins not counted against you? Me too. I remember those decisions and I regret them. But they don't have to they don't condemn me anymore because I'm under the blood of Jesus. Praise God. You can be too. Today, I'm going to share with you, before I, I share with this word, I'm going to, uh, from Song of Psalms, I want to tell you a little bit about a person that I met some time ago. When I was in those young days and had made a number of those mistakes I don't want to make anymore, I kind of made an agreement with God after he saved me from suicide when I was 17. I made an agreement with God that I will no longer pursue or even think twice about a young lady if you say no. I was serious about it. God, I want to marry someone that you have to fit me. I want to marry someone that's going to obey God as much as I want to obey God. And if you say no, I'm not even going to give it a second thought. So I went about living like that. And that was very difficult. I would see someone, a lovely young lady, and I would say, okay, God, um, what about her? And God would respond, no. Oh, bummers. I'd go to work. Some, I worked at a, uh, what do you call it, fast food place when I was in college and high school to make money for myself. And uh, a customer would walk in and I would say, uh, God, what about her? No. <sighs> this went on for a, a period of years. No. No. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I was in college. I, know I had, was attempting to obey God to my fullest, and so he spoke to me to go to a particular college, and I went there as a Bible school, and I was sitting in this class. It was my biblical preaching class. And it was uh, the first day of class, and I walked in to see if I knew anybody. 
Lo and behold, there's a friend that's on my hall. So I went and sat down by him, talking, I can't say talking story here. I'm visiting with him. And uh, off the corner of my eye, my eye catches someone that walked in the far door, far side of the room, walks in, and I'm watching her walk in. Okay, God, what about her? And my expectation was, oh, because I've only heard it nine million times. To the point where I didn't even want to ask anymore. I give up already. And so this lady walks in, and I said, okay, God, you know, kind of to myself. Okay, God. uh, He didn't answer. I didn't know what to do. I'd only ever been told no. He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. And so she's looking for a place to sit down, and I'm waiting. Okay, maybe I didn't hear his voice. God, what about her? Silence. I didn't, I was terrified. I couldn't even think straight. I've asked five billion times, and the answer is no. Here she comes. She's coming this way. She's coming this way. My hands are sweating. And she's pretty. I don't know what to do. She's looking for a place to sit down, and she's a friend with my friend who's sitting here, and lo and behold, there's no chairs next to him. So she sits as close to him as she can get, which is next to me. I can't breathe. Uh, Hi. Anybody know what I'm talking about? She's sitting there, and we're in biblical preaching class. I don't even know what the guy's saying. I've lost all thought. I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to hear God say no, because that's all he's ever said. All right. I went home that day, got in the shower, which is like my get-in-with-God moment. It's kind of weird, sorry. Some of my showers are 45 minutes long to an hour. When I need a word from God, ain't nobody coming to bother me in the shower. I got five kids in my house. I got to find a place to escape. (laughs) God didn't say yes. And I noticed that when she was in class, she had these, um, she was snacking on some Hershey Kisses with almonds. The next day at class, I showed up with an entire bag of Hershey's Kisses with almonds. These are for you. I like these too. Now. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I started liking those. Last class. When she showed up for the next class, I made sure there were no more seats available to my friend. Hey, you guys come sit over here. There's chairs over here. Hurry. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. You want to sit over here? Mastermind. Here's the Hershey Kisses. I spent a lot of money on Hershey's Kisses. 
No longer were my paychecks to, to uh, buy, my own, my, buy myself personal items. I now showed up with clean clothes on. I was a college student trying to pay for college. Not all my clothes were clean. Some of them needed healing. I started washing my clothes. I started making sure I shaved before I showed up at class. I actually looked at my hair before I showed up at class now. Found out she likes to go with her friends to this particular coffee shop in downtown Fort Worth. And so I happened to show up at the coffee shop. Had no idea what I was doing there. Didn't even like to drink coffee. Looking at the menu going, oh my, now I'm going to be embarrassed. Hey, you guys are here? Yeah, I like coffee too now. <laughs> Started liking coffee, yeah, you know, recently. Started like enjoying coffee. Yeah, what do you order here? Because I had no idea what to order. <laughs> Can't even say those words. It's not English. I made several adjustments to my life, and uh, I was really in question. I didn't share this in the first service, but I was really in question about whether or not she was the one for me. So I was working at this hamburger place, and I was cooking back there, and I was flipping for Jesus. And uh, there, was, <laughs> there was this, <coughs> Pastor Alex, the, coughing up your water over there. I'm the kid's guy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pastor Daniel will be back next week. <laughs> so this order comes in, and I was a little late getting it out, and I walked over to the drive through window to hand them their order, and I noticed it's her sitting in someone, another guy's truck. She didn't have a car. She's sitting in another guy's truck, and this is her food. <sighs> I walked back away. We'll have your order in a second. I put, I don't know, 45 pounds of bacon on that cheeseburger. It's going to make sure she knew I, I hooked it up for her. <laughs> Took both hands to carry it over. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Here. Here's your cheeseburger. Extra cheese, extra meat, extra everything. <laughs> You know, well, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe a little. She never showed up again with Brother Wonderful in his truck. I was going to make sure if she was going to go get a cheeseburger, it was in my car. You're going to be riding with nobody else. I totally set her up for a date. I, I was 20 years old, and I had never asked a girl out on a date before. And so I was terrified. I didn't even know what to do. I didn't even know how to ask. What even, I don't even know the words I'm supposed to say. And so I uh, set up this whole date night thing with these guys. Guys night out. Valentine's Day. We don't need the girls. No. It's guys night. I said, hey, let's go to a fancy place. Well, they bought that. They took that. And so that was step one. Can I get the guys? Ugh. To go to a fancy place on Valentine's. Okay, they bought that. So then about a week before we're going to go, I just happened to mention 
you know, it'd be a lot of fun since we're going to this really fancy place. What if we brought some girls along with us? It's the guys. I'm like interceding. God, please let one of them agree. One of them goes, hey, that'd be fun. Oh, that's all I needed here. Yeah, well, there's some. Okay, well, you guys invite somebody. I'll, I'll think about inviting somebody. I don't know. I'll, I'll look around, see if I can find anybody to invite. That was my first date with uh, Kimmy, my wife. And uh, we, uh, after that date, she, uh, I asked her, so, because uh, so, I went to great lengths to set this up. And I asked her, um, do you think we could have lunch sometime? You know, I'm terrified. Do you think we can have lunch sometime? <laughs> and she's told me, uh, no, I like somebody else. I work so hard. But God didn't say no. Take a look at this lady in this story here. As you can tell, we got married. She, we have kids and everything, so that's a whole other story. We could be here a long time. I take a long time to tell stories. But take a look at Song of Psalms, chapter 3, because we see a lady who's laying in her bed, warm and cozy, and there's a longing in her heart for the one that she loves. And he's not there, uh, and she doesn't know where he's at. And deep down inside her, there is a desire for him to be near. Now, I'm not preaching on that particular part of the passage today, but I do want to say to you, you were created with a longing inside you. You were made, like this lady, to desire to have God near you, to have God in your life, not added to your life, but God to be your life, and everything you are revolves around God. You were made that way. You and I, at times, attempt to fill that need and desire with other things, generally to find out they don't satisfy what we were made for. We were made by God, for God, relationship with God, and really, deep down inside of us, there's a longing to get back to the garden where we aren't anymore. Ecclesiastes says God created us with eternity in our hearts. You were pre-programmed before you were born for a desire for God to fill all the longings in your life. No matter what else you've surrounded your life with, it's really only Him that's going to bring you 100% satisfaction in your life. Anything else will fall short. It won't measure up. Some things are wonderful, and they make us feel fulfilled for a short time. But after a while, it's really God that we're made for. It's a picture of that in this right here. But that's not what I'm preaching today, even though it sounds like it. I want to declare to you today a word about her pursuit and about our pursuit. And I want to take a look at what she did, because that... Longing and that desire in her life prompted her to do something about it. And I want to look at, let's take a look right here. I will get up now, verse 2, I will get up now and go about the city. Through its streets and squares, I will search for the one my heart 
loves. Pastor Kirsten, are you saying we got to search for God? God's not lost, okay? You don't have to find Him, but we pursue Him. It's what I'm bringing out in this message today to you and to me. And I want to contrast, if you'd allow me for a few minutes, contrast what it means to be someone who is pursuing, someone that's in pursuit, someone that's going after, as opposed to someone who is waiting for God to pursue them. There's a big difference in the way you approach that. The way you approach God, the way I approach God, is in one of those two facets. You're either someone who's getting up out of the bed and going to find him, or you're someone who's staying in the bed and just waiting for him to come home. The lady in our text today had had enough. I'm going to go find him. She knew what she desired, and she was going to go at it with everything she had. Let's talk about those two approaches there, because we can learn something from her today. We can put into action some of the things she put into action. Someone that is pursuing, I've got the wrong page. Someone that's pursuing God. The woman, you can leave it up there. The woman that's in the text was spurred to action. And let's talk about what that was like. First of all, she, you see, she was proactive in her search. She made the action you understand the difference between being proactive and reactive. In my family, I am super proactive. I can't sit still. I've got to do something. There's got to be some motion. I think I do this in my sleep. I'm not sure. My wife is very much opposite. Our approach to God has got to be in a proactive approach. If we're going to be somebody that's pursuing him. Also, secondly, she was intentional about why she was going around the city. She was proactive. She was intentional. I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not just going about living, waiting to see what happens. There's a point to what I'm doing and a point to my time and a point to my action. I'm going to go find him. I have put and aim towards my time. My time counts, and this is what I'm doing with it. She was intentional. She was driven by a longing passion. She was driven. I've got to go. I've got to get out there. I want him close to me. I'm going to do what I can to go get him. As we live like someone like her, as we take steps in our life to be like her, there's certain things that happen to us that won't happen unless we're like her. The first thing is, the more you pursue God, you take the proactive step to pursue Him like you did coming to church today. As you take steps like that, a few things start happening. First of all, His voice starts becoming clearer to you. You start to recognize when he's around and when he's not around. You start to recognize when he's speaking to you. I don't know about you. I don't think there's anything greater in the world than when God speaks to me. 
That is awesome. It changes everything when God speaks. Especially when my world is in a storm and he shows up and says one thing, it's just like placid. Oh, God showed up. As you're in pursuit of what he's got for you, in pursuit of a, the calling on your life, or you're in his word, you're at prayer, you start to recognize his presence. You start wanting his presence more. Wow, I've got to be in God's presence. I'm going to go get in God's presence. I'm going to stand here and worship until his presence shows up. We desperately need to hear the voice of God. We've got to be someone pursuing him so we can hear his voice better. Oh, you start growing in him. As you're a pursuer, you start growing in him. You start maturing in him. As you're somebody that is pressing towards what God has for you, it's like you're on a race and you can see the track clearer and clearer as you're running along. Distractions start falling to the side. Things that used to get you off track don't get you off track anymore. Things that used to discourage you don't get you discouraged anymore. I'm not saying you're invincible. I'm saying as you're pursuing him, some things become less and less important as they used to be in your life. And what becomes more prominent is him and his presence. As we are someone like her, we start abandoning distraction in our life. She came across the watchman. She left him behind. She could have said to them, Hey, I can't find him. Can you go find him for me? She left them behind. I'm going to go. It's going to be me going. Abandoning distraction. I'm telling you right now, the devil will make sure that you have whatever you need not to show up at church or show up at prayer. I've, now I have not preached to adults as much as I've preached to kids, but I can tell you this. The moment a preacher starts to declare a word about prayer, half the, half the congregation goes, <laughs> what? I don't know. What? what was that? Bless the Lord. I've seen it many, many times. The moment you start to encourage people to pray, it's like half the congregation falls asleep. Prayer is a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle at prayer. It's a battle to get to prayer. Why do you think it's such a battle? Because it's so effective. Because it works. Because God shows up. God hears you. God responds to prayer. So the devil's going to make sure in some way you're distracted from coming to church, whatever it might be, keep you out of God's presence. You know, the... Instead of showing up at prayer, you, you know, you decided to do something else. I'll pray in my extra time. It doesn't, that's not a pursuer. Being distracted. Our life is filled with distractions today, unlike it was when I was a kid. The fact that uh, you have a device in your pocket or purse that goes off all the time, you have notifications, man, it's a lot of distraction. I got five kids in my house. I told you, I got to find a place to pray in my house where there's not a lot of distractions. At some point during every hour of the day, somebody stepped on somebody's thing in my house. 
Somebody was unkind. A lot of distractions in our world. <laughs> distractions like the what they put on the news is a distraction. I, you know what I really wanted to preach today? I really wanted to preach how you can't save the planet by recycling plastic bottles. I am so, listen, I am so fed up with save the earth stuff. Now, you might be a super save the earth person, but the Bible declares the earth will wear out like a garment and will vanish like smoke. If you read Revelation, you realize I can't stop the oncoming train that God is going to destroy everything. My little plastic bottle is not going to stop God from coming, bringing judgment on the earth. Sorry, that wasn't today's sermon. <laughs> Isaiah 51, the earth will vanish like smoke, will wear out like a garment. It's wearing out, no doubt. It just should, you know, every time they, uh, I better stop. Hallelujah. <laughs> can be a distraction. Worry. Woe, anxiety coming to you, a distraction from God's goodness. A constant thinking that the glass is half empty when God has filled it halfway. Distractions, thoughts to distract you from what God is doing, to get in our minds that God isn't doing anything. He is. He's doing more than you see him doing. If we're going to be somebody that is chasing God with all we've got, like this lady looking for her husband, we've got to abandon a lot of those distractions that have come to get us off track. Now, that's somebody that's pursuing God with all they got. Let's look at the other side of the what she could have done. Because the lady in the little story here, could have very well just stayed in her cozy little covers, in her cozy, warm blankets, comfortable bed. It's amazing how comfortable that bed is when the alarm clock goes off, right? My bed feels cozier when the alarm clock goes off than when I went to bed the night before. Magic. Amazing. My pillow that doesn't fit quite right, and I have to keep getting it just right for, to go to sleep, suddenly needs no adjustment when the alarm clock goes off. It doesn't matter what shape it's in. It's awesome. Right? Is that just me? I, I praise God. He makes me go to the bathroom every morning right before the alarm clock goes off. I know it's him. I know it. Get up and pray. Maybe it's just me. We can be somebody who lives life waiting for God to pursue us. Or we can be somebody Who's chasing after God? Over here on this side, this is a person who's waiting for God to come get them. 
And it's really, when you boil it down to it, it's somebody that's living by shock therapy. I had a neighbor in Maui that had a dog, and to keep his dog in his yard, he put one of those things underground. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's an electric fence thing. It's under the ground, and whenever the dog goes near it, it zaps him on his neck. And he eventually learns to stay away from that area. There's Christians that live like that. There are Christians whose approach to God is, I'm going to do whatever I can until he zaps me, and then I'll know. What? Shock therapy. Throughout the Old Testament, those of you that are in early morning prayer, you realize we're reading through Chronicles, and it can get kind of boring. who, Who gives a rip? What king was there? All right, another king. Didn't do right. Get the picture. God keeps shocking these people. Shocking the king. Wake up. Get right. Get it right. Whenever there was a king that led the Israelites astray, did evil, led them in worshiping of other idols, God would bring some army along to wipe out a city or something going, Hello, worship and serve the Lord God only. I'm the one, you're worshiping me. And then they'd all go, whoa, you're right, worship the Lord God. And it's like they live right near the the shock line. That's living, waiting for God to pursue you. Big difference from the lady that's in the story. And a big difference about how much you're growing in God. Because see, if you're living over here waiting for God to come pursue you, you don't grow. You stay a baby in Christ. That's not God's desire. It's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to grow, to mature in Him. Not to stay babies. The Apostle Paul got really frustrated with the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3, he writes to the church, and he says, I can't tell you, this is my own kind of Davis interpretation, I can't say it like I need to because you're so immature you can't receive it. He's taunting them. Grow up. Grow up in Christ. Move to the next level. Get beyond the basic elementary things. Move up. Level up. Come on, go. Come on, let's get you from level two. You're supposed to be at level eight. You're at level two. Can we at least get you up to level three? This week. So Paul got really frustrated with them. Tells them he can't give them solid food. He's got to give them milk still because they can't, they're not ready yet. That is the nature of what your life will be like if you're just someone who is waiting for God to pursue you. Now that's not you because you showed up here here at church today. You made an action. God's got something for you. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go hear it. I'm going to go worship him. I'm going to return my tithe because he said he would respond. I'm going after it. Those of you that have been showing up at early morning prayer, you're going after God. That is not showing up at early morning prayer is not somebody waiting for God to zap them and then they'll get back in line. Now, God might be zapping you to get you to prayer. He may be arranging... Allowing circumstances to be arranged to try to get you to be a person of prayer. Don't live like that. You go chase him. 
Don't make him keep zapping and keep making things happen to get to spur you into action. Whoa. All right, somebody who is uh, living, being, living, hoping God will pursue them, remains a spiritual baby, lives by shock treatment. Oh, my. Their life is full of excuses as to why they're not serving God. Yikes. Full of excuses as to why they couldn't get to prayer, why they didn't make it to church, why they didn't read their Bible. Excuses, excuses, instead of action. They are a reactive to whatever God's doing. Two different ways to approach God. I don't know which one you might be, but I'm here today to encourage you to be like the lady in Song of Psalms. Put action to your, to your relationship with God. Pursue Him. Pursue Him. He's got so much for us. Sometimes He's waiting for us to make the step. You know what? The Bible makes it clear in Hebrews 11.6 that He is a rewarder. Oh, how do I get the reward? I want the reward. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Which side of the... Which one was it? Is that someone being pursued or is that someone pursuing God? It's someone pursuing God. Diligently seek Him. He makes it clear. Draw nigh to me and I will draw near. I don't, that's like King James, right? I memorized that version. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. In other words, I'm just waiting on you. I'm not hard to find. Step out. I'm waiting on you. He already came to visit us. He already pursued us with the greatest pursuit he could. He sent his son Jesus for you and me. He made the ultimate declaration. I love you and I want you to be my child. He made That's what this uh, birthday of a king is about. What a great way to see it too. It's an un, if you've never seen it, it's an unusual way to see how much God loves you and me. Today we're going to take time and pray. Our time is almost up. But I'm encouraging you not to be, live life waiting for God to pursue you, but to be like the lady who's going after God with everything you've got. Pursuing Him, His calling, His word, His presence. Make some changes if you have to. To allow distractions to be pushed away. So that you got time to listen for God. Draw nigh to Him. He'll draw nigh to you. Pastor Alex, if you could come. We're going to take time to pray today. God made the, like I said, God made the ultimate pursuit of you and I. I'm going to give you five ways real quick that we can be pursuers. One, you make Him the Lord of your life. When He's the Lord of your life, not just something you're adding to your life. When He's the Lord of your life, He's the boss. Your life revolves around what He says. He's the Lord. He's the King of your life. we got to surrender to Him. Second way we can be pursuers is get connected in the kingdom. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner says, no man is an island. The devil wants you by yourself, alone, feeling alone. 
not connected in the kingdom of God. There are small groups for you to be a part of. Get a part of a small group. If you don't know what that is or where they are, the information desk has information for you. Come talk to Pastor Vince. Minister Trent, they'll help you get involved. Get involved in a ministry. Get connected where there's life and relationship in the kingdom. Where if you're stumbling along on the race, somebody can say, take you by the hand and say, come on, let's do it together. Get in relationship in the kingdom of God. Get in the music ministry. Get involved in children's ministry. Do something by which there's a team of people working together to serve God. Get in that little family. Serve with the ushers. Get involved with the ushers. And the ushers said? Amen. Amen. Maybe our media team. Get involved in some way. Get connected. Third way you can be a pursuer, arrange your life around prayer instead of prayer around your life. Well, that's a good word. If you didn't get anything else, take that home. Stamp it on your refrigerator. Pull out a Sharpie marker. Write it on your refrigerator where it can't be erased. Arrange life around prayer instead of prayer around my life. Lastly is cut off distractions. If there's things that you are able to cast aside because they're keeping you from your time with, you, with the Lord, then get rid of them. Turn off your phone for a week. <gasps> Some of you just had a coronary right there. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand with me? I'm encouraging you. Chase God with all you got. Pastor Alex is going to lead us in a song of worship in just a moment. And as he's singing that, I want you, I want all of us to make fresh conversation with God. Prayer, it's the same thing. Conversate with God. Lord, help me to do those things. How can I arrange my life different? I want to be a pursuer. I want what you have for me. I'm tired of living, waiting on shock treatment that will get me to church, get me to prayer. I don't enjoy that. Be a pursuer. Be a pursuer. Be a pursuer. Come on, let's sing along with Pastor Alex. You take time. Oh, God.
start pursuing him by making him the Lord of your life. That's where the pursuit of God and his goodness starts. Receiving what he did for you on the cross. If you've never received Jesus, made him the Lord of your life, today's your day. Don't leave here today wondering if you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Don't leave here today wondering. I don't know. Just see what happens. Maybe God will let me in. You can know where you will spend eternity. You can walk out of here today confident, sure that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. When you receive what he did for you on the cross, you receive it by receiving him. Make him the Lord of your life. I'm going to invite you today, whether it's the first time or rather, whether you want to just make sure that he's the Lord of your life, I'm going to invite you to pray with me today. I'll help you. Sometimes I don't know what I should pray. I'm glad there's people to help. I'm going to help you today. In fact, we're all going to pray together. Let's take time to pray together this morning. And we're going to invite Jesus to be the Lord of our life. And we're going to start a, pers a life of pursuing him today by making him Lord. I'm going to invite you to bow your head just for a moment, close your eyes. And we just do that so, you know, we're not distracted. We're, we're moving distractions aside. We're focusing on him. And I'm going to invite you to say a simple prayer with me this morning. I'm going to invite you to say it right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my life. Rearrange things. You be God. I'll follow you. I'll pursue you. I believe in my heart. I say it with my mouth. You are Lord. Jesus is Lord. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. If you prayed that for the first time today or you made a fresh commitment, I'm going to ask you if you will meet Pastor Vince right after service. Minister Trent right over here. Let them know the decision you made today to receive Jesus. They'll help you get connected. Let me pray for you. I hope you choose that this week will be a different week of your approach to God. Be like the lady. And when you find him, don't let go. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for this word today. Lord, it's a simple word, but Lord, it speaks profoundly, God, into our approach to you. I thank you, God, that you brought us all here together this morning to hear this word. You're speaking to me. You're speaking me to me this morning to run after you to abandon all distractions, to run headlong with reckless abandon to what you have for me, to pursue you, your word, your presence. And I thank you, God, for all that are here. Help us, oh God, this week to make steps, even if we have to rearrange things. Help us, God, to make arrangements that would allow us to pursue you. Speak to us, even, God, this morning even today when we go home, about things that might be in our house that distract us so we can hear you more clearly. Help us, God, we pray. Lord, I pray for this great congregation that you would bless them, your joy and peace would be upon them. Bring us back tonight to hear Pastor Vince. We pray again for the birthday of a king. May it be profound. 
May there be an anointing upon every line and every song. God, draw people to this place, I pray, this weekend to hear good news, to see demonstrated on a stage your love for us and the power that you have to cut our strings. I give you glory. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I will see you tonight. Come here, Pastor Vince, preach. Hallelujah.